Just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. I came from the mud. There's dirt on my hands. Strong like a tree. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess, Pollyanna Amazing, and today we're going to continue this theme of what's your pleasure. And I happen to have a wonderfully hilarious and amazing podcaster along the ride today. So, hey, Nick, can you introduce yourself? Let everybody know who you are. Well, thank you for that great introduction. <laughs> I am a uh, big Nick. I am one of the uh, co-hosts. My light is messing up. Uh, one of the co-hosts of Gag on this podcast, where we interview comedians, both locally and traveling, and uh, we crack jokes. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best rendition of what you do I've ever heard. What's funny is if you look on uh, my email, it says, and the website, it says host, booker, creative lead, producer, um, and graphic artist. That's just my title that I gave myself. <laughs> Very nice. Great title. I, uh, I, I have a few initials that I use on occasion, but not for this, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if you work hard for those initials, like I, I put, uh, I'm a certified alcohol drug counselor. I put that all the time. Nice. Yes. That's fantastic. By the way. Um, I don't know. I think you told me that actually. And I think that that's an awesome thing to do, by the way, did you do that? And this is side noting, <laughs> did you do that before you became the comedian that you are, or was that just a, an evolution thing that you did as well? No, it was just an evolution. I got sober and, um, as most people do when they get sober, they want to save the world. So I went back to school, got an associates in psychology, then got certified and then worked in a treatment center. Uh, and I worked my way up to be like program director of the whole thing. But that, I mean, I, as I'm sure, you know, that it, you can get burnout. Burnout is super oh, yeah. real. Especially when you're dealing with things that, you know, perhaps maybe you might have had an issue with before that you're trying to really do some good, but you're in the back of your mind. It's like, yeah, this is enough. I've seen enough. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally understand that. I, uh, I, I empathize with that greatly. But anyway, so we were discussing what is your pleasure? And I'm excited to talk about what's your pleasure. So let's get started let's get right. to it let's get after it um so tell me nick what is your pleasure well my main pleasure is documentaries i can watch them to no end and i love them and what's funny is like i didn't grow up liking documentaries I, I, it wasn't like i popped out of my mom and i was like hey documentaries have you heard of the documentary the bridge no oh I'm sorry <laughs> oh no no don't apologize. It is it is amazing. So the Golden Gate is the place where people go to commit suicide the most in the nation, apparently. So this documentary crew filmed the Golden Gate Bridge for a year. And it, it does show people committing suicide. But it also they interview family members of the people that you know committed suicide or tried to commit suicide. Or they interview one guy who actually survived the jump. It was so well directed. It was just so beautiful and great that that really kicked off my love for all things documentary. I love that. You, do you think like, as we're getting older, because I think we're probably around the same age, um, you might be younger than me. I'm not for sure, but you have good movie references, by the way, 
your Twitter posts are more fire. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> so I'm taking it that we're about the same age. Do you think that uh, that and I tell this to my husband frequently is that this is like a lazy way to learn things, right? Like you can you're actually not doing a whole lot, but you're actually doing a lot because you are learning. And how cool is it that this documentary, The Bridge, caused you to like that little switch to go, oh, well, that's neat. I kind of I'm all about learning about what goes on, the history of things and that sort of thing. So it just, you know, I feel like I'm lazy. Like I don't like to read. I love audible books. I'd love for people to tell me stories. And that's a great way to learn things. But what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'll read a book if it like I just finished a book on NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If a book, you know, entices me, I'll do it. But yeah, I'm like you, like with documentaries, I can learn just by watching. And then I can have that random, you know, tidbit of like, you know, not everybody dies when they jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And I know that from a documentary. Cooler talk, like office cooler talk. I think that's great. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm at the water cooler and just be like, so guys, did you know the Golden Gate? More people commit suicide there than anywhere. Exactly where I was going with that. Are you sure you don't want to do that? Because one of my favorite documentaries, and I know this is, you're just going to love this, is The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I love that one so much. <laughs> that's one of, you know, when you come from a place where people, like that's relatively close from uh, in proximity to where I grew up. So, you know, the, the joke in the ER every night was, oh no, CPS Scott's her baby. You know, it's her baby. <laughs> Dude, they I, were, they were nuts. I mean, didn't one of them, I, you know, spoiler alert, but didn't the, one of the kids shoot the uncle? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> you're, like I know that you're from the West coast. We've talked about that and I'm definitely from Appalachia. I like to say it like that. If you know anybody from back there, one or two of the family members of anybody's family is just like that. That's the truth. Really? There's, some, there's that family in every town <laughs> because it's just a way of life. You know, it's the poverty. It's the um, opportunistic. But honestly, if they were given a different place to live, you know, a little more, um, a little better place to live, maybe I hate to say better because sorry out there for anybody in West Virginia, that's listening to me really like they're on it, right. They're hustling 24 seven, trying to get stuff done. So <laughs> yeah. And well, that's one thing I, I, I found interesting about the documentary is it does show like there are these coal towns that when the mine leaves, there is literally, you got a bar, a bingo parlor, and like, that's it. That's why property is so cheap, there, you know, yeah. <laughs> because they really haven't uh, built it up. But, you know, one of the spoiler alert for this, if you're ever in Morgantown, West Virginia, they have one of the best underground places to go for drag shows. No lie. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> hmm. You know, a lot of people leave and go away from home and come back. That's kind of what it is. But WVU is up there and they do they have great. They have great drag shows. I'm a huge oh, fan of the drag show. Big shout out to WVU. <laughs> but they're they're not the University of Kentucky, which I am a, a alumni of. So just saying. <laughs> Look at you with your air of like, I'm so much better. <laughs> uh -huh. well, I mean, in the scheme of things, Kentucky is so much better than West Virginia. Sorry. I don't want to lose any fans that I have in West Virginia. But is it really? Because what's funny is I have a friend from Tennessee and he just talks about how Tennessee is the best over there. Oh, yeah, I know they do. They, they're wrong, though, every time. <laughs> <laughs>
but I'm sure it's the same in your general area. You know, this, there's like what what sports teams you have? You're in Sacramento, correct? Like you got basketball, you got the, hockey. I mean, I don't root for any of them, yeah. but well, I do root for the San Jose Sharks. We have that. Yeah, I watched them get beat by the Kraken. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go go Kraken. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, let's see, we got uh, 49ers, which my wife is a fan of. I mean, I'll support them, but I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh, my gosh. Get off my show right now. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. Why? Are you a Steeler fan? Yes, of course I am. I grew up in Kentucky. No, my husband is a huge Browns fan. So, yeah. (laughs) I am. I am. uh, I had no idea. I know. I don't be disappointed. (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you why. I'm a huge Steelers fan. I watched Mr. Rogers as a child and Lynn Swan was doing ballet on Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And also my father watched movies like Hooper and Cannonball, you know, like all those ones with the, like Terry Bradshaw was in and well, Jim Brown also from the Browns, you know, like there were some, there's some big key players that were in my life that I didn't know actually anything about football, but you know, that made Terry Bradshaw be one of my, my uh, favorites for years. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you take anything from this to your husband, just yeah. say Super Bowl bound Browns. Oh God. I tell everybody that. I'm, and then we're always like, it's next year, next year. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cleveland is where you want to go. If you want to ruin the coach or the quarterback, but Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No worries. But let's get back to your pleasure because, yeah, we want to talk more about <laughs> documentaries that you have said that you've seen in the past that have really resonated with you that give you pleasure. So, what other than the bridge? There's just, there's been so many that the bridge is the only one that like just straight up blew me right? away. There's some where you watch and you're just like, I watched one on, um, there was this clown in Florida and it was just, he, he purposely, it was just a flyer that put out and he purposely looks like a depressed, just drug addled clown. And it was uh-huh. this guy's like social experiment. And I watched that. That was random. I just watched Pharma Bro on Hulu. That was interesting. Oh, I haven't seen that. What's I, no spoiler alerts for new stuff, I guess. We'll probably. Well, it's it's that. about uh, Martin Shkreli, okay. the the guy that like boosted up that. Uh, what was the AIDS drug? I believe. I think HIV. Yeah. 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 Um, so. And then uh, one, one I saw that was just insane because the, it was a guy interviewing his family about like sexual abuse mm-hmm. and the family was so candid. Cause I guess it's on Amazon prime, but the basis is the kid directing it was sexually abused by his uncle and then it turns out as he's interviewing his dad his dad was also sexually abused by the uncle and like the mom found out and the mom divorced because the mom blamed the dad like how could you let our kids around it was just very very interesting how candid everybody was about it especially because you know and let's just you've done spaces on it let's just put this out there i as a counselor i came to know that sexual abuse unfortunately happens with regularity i'm not saying it's the norm but i i am saying like i would be hard pressed to find anybody that really hasn't been sexually abused in some form or another you know it's it's funny the 
when you say that, because like with my, I have younger daughters, well, they're teenagers and my youngest is 16. She'll talk about how her, like, she told me a story about how her friend was sexually assaulted. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, I'm glad that she felt like she could trust you, that sort of thing. But in my mind, I was like, okay, do I, do I need to ask? specifics. We don't have to know those, but you know, how are you feeling about what she said? Well, you know, mom, when boys touch your butt and stuff, that's sexual assault. And that happens all the time to us. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's your definition of sexual assault. That's why I do these, these, these shows on what's your pleasure, because the connotation for pleasure is always sexual. And Mm -hmm. I do teach about sex and sexuality and all kinds of (laughs) of raucous things that go along with that. But, you know, again, you have to find your, your audience there. And these teenage girls believe that they are being assaulted in a way sexually, and you have to stand behind that. But then I also have to have the conversation with her about exactly what that means to me. Mm -hmm. as being an ER, you know, provider and that sort of thing in the past, these are what I, you know, that's my view of what sexual abuse or sexual assault is. But, you know, like when it comes to those types of documentaries, I really do appreciate the ability for people to talk about it like they do, Mm -hmm. because I cannot imagine, I personally myself have not been a subject of abuse and, and I'm so thankful for that. But I really do want other people to be able to use their voice for that. You know, that's definitely something. And when you're doing counseling, like you did, definitely like you're going to see addiction and abuse go hand in hand 100% because people are always trying to find a way to make themselves feel better and social lubricants make us feel better. Not even social lubricants. I mean, it could be a a rail of Oxycontin. Yeah. Makes you feel better. (laughs) Sorry, I, I I'm very <laughs> candid with like veil of oxycontin. No, I love it. No, because I understand the struggle. I, I definitely um, have seen my fair share of addicted patients as well. And um, you're you're dead on the money. It's um, it's a really sad and terrible thing that happens to people because they kind of get discounted. So it's good that you did. Like, good on you. Good on you well, for making people laugh. Well, and what's what's weird is like, and this is sort of controversial, and I've actually had discussions with people. We are just going off on tangents. We'll get back to documentaries, audience. Don't worry. Authenticity. That's what we're after here. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I've had discussions with other people about this. I'm not necessarily anti-drug as much as I'm pro-treatment. Considering, what is it? Like, let's say it's grown to 15%. 15% of the population become addicted, have that addictive personality. So I'm not necessarily like, no, don't ever do drugs. But if you do do drugs, you should have, you know, treatment should be available, especially because I don't know if maybe you guys did this. I don't know if it's just a West Coast thing or whatever, but at our schools, we have an every seven minutes where one day they'll bring in like a, a vehicle that was in a DUI wreck. And every seven minutes they'll pull. Usually it's the popular kids with great grades they'll pull them out of school. And that's to signify that every seven minutes, somebody dies from a drunk driving accident. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we can have that conversation about DUI, why can't we have that conversation about heroin overdoses, which I think are happening a lot now with the youth. (laughs) They totally are, you know, especially where I came from to, you know, the Southern Ohio, uh, Northern, Northeastern Kentucky, like, I mean, impoverished places where people don't have anything else to do and they learn by example. Right. So if Mm -hmm. your mom was an addict, 
nine times out of 10, unfortunately, that might be the path that you have to go down as well. doesn't mean that that's written in stone, but that happens. And, you know, when you get involved with those people who have had issues with addiction and abuse and whatever, you know, people will say, well, take their kids away, do you know, but let's talk about the foster system in that too. Oh, Jesus. I've had yeah. social workers tell me I'd rather give them back to their family who are abusing them than for a stranger to abuse them. And that was a huge wake up call for me. And I, I couldn't believe that that was actually happening, you know, cause in your grandiose young mind, you want to think, you know, oh, they have all these social programs that help people. And, you know, we're doing such great things by helping people who are, who are in trouble or, or, you know, parents can't take care of their kids. So we'll just put them in the foster system. Everything's great. No, no, <laughs> not true. I mean, I'm not saying that that is for everybody, obviously, but there is a huge bunch of people out there who just want to foster children for the money and also for exploitation purposes. It's it's a fact. Not everybody out there is nice. No. And if you watch documentaries, you'll find that out. <laughs> true story. Do you like to watch like the true crime documentaries and all that like mind hunter kind of things? Uh, eh, I mean, Netflix is doing a bang up job with their crime scene like the uh Cecil Hotel. I just recently watched the who was it? The Times Square Murderer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'll watch those, but a lot of times it's just random <laughs> ones. Like I recently just watched um a documentary about this guy that he he hosted a server for WikiLeaks when he was like 17. Oh, wow. And he was given files that the FBI wanted. So the FBI was like interrogating him. The family tried to escape. I think the interesting thing I find about documentaries is it shows the extraordinary in the ordinary. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was prolific. Jeez. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a deep thinker. I'm going to pull that out and use that as a title (laughs) or something. (laughs) But it's true. Like, it'll they'll just follow around somebody you wouldn't look you know twice at and you're like holy shit this person has a very interesting backstory right it is a uh it's it's um it's funny how much we really do we're interested in what everybody's doing all the time i think that that's one of those things that that triggers the good chemicals in your brain you're just like oh really Hmm, tell me more right like (laughs) who ever thought about documentaries being this amazing way to learn things what i equate it to when i was a child and the wonderful world of disney would come on at eight (laughs) o'clock and it would just sit there fingers crossed please don't be a wildlife show please don't be a documentary about wildlife i don't want to watch it i want to watch a cartoon right so and i totally hated that for the longest time but as i've gotten older and i think that that's what we do we want to learn more things and we're more interested in this array of things available. Like I probably have watched more shows on tiny houses lately than I have anything (laughs) because my mother is obsessed with tiny houses right now. Really? Oh oh my, she has Alzheimer's man. It's the greatest thing. She wants to, she wants her own tiny house in the backyard. Although she cannot care for herself at all. (laughs) She wants that tiny house. And so we watch lots and that's a really, that's another way to look into the lives of other folks like hmm i'm curious what do you got in there what do you do what why do you think we have that that much curiosity about everybody else's business is it just our human nature what like what makes us do that (laughs) i mean i think part of it's human nature i also think there's some sickos out there that want 
to gotcha. know that your life is like going into the ground because then they'll walk away like, well, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, do you mean like the Tiger King? That was my oh, favorite. <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's my my most recent favorite, I'll have to say. <laughs> Drugs and animals and, you know, oh, and then you put in the splash of homosexuality and alternative lifestyles and stealing meats from the Walmart garbage can. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's crazy is that dude that did the documentary, he did it over a span of five years. Like that takes dedication, dude. Oh, that just means he, no, I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> like if you want to get it. into the documentary five years long with a group of people, you're in with that group of people, right? Like you're hanging out, you're, you're, you're doing stuff together. You're one of them. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted documentaries take a while. Absolutely. But five years in, mm, gotta wonder. <laughs> <laughs> like are you th- what are you there for are you there to pet tigers mm, i don't know <laughs> what are you doing behind the scenes mm-hmm. what are you See, editing that's out my brain that's what i'm thinking of is uh like yeah Mm, what do you what do you need to know about all that for mm. but it is really cool it's it's neat to um you know like the historical documentaries like the 9-11 stuff those were all really like make you go huh you can't melt this much metal with this much firepower. What? How's that work? They found explosive stuff. They didn't. Or even alien stuff. Like I'm telling you right now, I've been watching a couple, you know, like YouTube kind of documentaries, you know, like mm-hmm. a little 30 minute. Let's talk about how aliens jump inside volcanoes when they're ready to erupt. Um, and we happened to watch one of those the day before the explosion of the Tonga volcano. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and subsequently watched the Eternals afterwards, as you know, like in between. And so I, I keep telling my husband, since we've moved to the West Coast, you know, we had the pandemic happen and then the all the fires and the murder hornets and huge snows and you know like catastrophic the landslides all this kind of stuff happening and i'm like okay i'm waiting for that volcano to erupt i'm waiting and it did (laughs) (laughs) thank god it wasn't over here that's all i'm saying (laughs) yeah no i mean we were supposed to get tsunamis Tsunamis, but the waves weren't too bad I know, but you know, sensationalism, what do you do? People won't want to watch the news if there's nothing cool on there. I always think that, you know, like you see those slow news days when they tell a story about how some miracle horse was born or something like that. (laughs) So that just doesn't make the news on a reg. There you have it. It's on the news today because there's nothing else going on. So, (laughs) okay. I have not heard the aliens in volcanoes. Like I, I'm a big fan of aliens. Like I believe there's, there's one guy who supposedly worked for area 51. And now that he's out, he talks about how we reverse engineer. Like I'm a big believer with that guy. There was a showtime documentary, like a four part all about aliens and UFOs. Like I am big into that. The government says there's, I mean, like they've admitted to it, right? There, there are aliens. We know that there are alien life forms, but yes, anytime there's some videos out there, check them out on YouTube. I'll have to, I'll send you some links maybe. Um, But yeah, there's a certain volcano. I want to say it's in South America, Central America, somewhere that, that direction that um, they have video after video of right before these eruptions happen. It looks like a ship is either disappearing into the side of the volcano or dropping into the lava, you know, like into the mouth of the volcano. Really? Yes. So conspiracy theory that up, but I believe it. I mean, I just watched the Eternals. I'm pretty sure that we're all gonna. We're all gonna. 
<laughs> There's a big robot in the middle of the of the planet everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the Titans, yeah. they exist. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what would, what else would explain these amazing stories that people have been telling for years? And by the way, this is also going to go into the National Archives so that later on people can hear us talk about it. Uh, because I'm a huge fan of that because I want my grandkids to hear me, my great grandchildren and their great grandchildren to hear their grandma talk about sex and things that we talk about on this show. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me sit you down for a spell. Why don't you listen to me in my my heyday? That's right. <laughs> That's like I have a I have a friend, uh, Auntie Vice. She's uh, BDSM dominatrix. Yes, I've talked to her. She's awesome. Oh, oh you have? Yeah, I'm not on the show. She's coming on the show though. We haven't scheduled yet, but yes, I've talked to her. She's awesome. She is. Oh, she's so great. She's a fucking yeah. open book, and like the shit she talks about, I'm just like, man, if if your kids ever listened <laughs> well i have a kid that i have one that will listen and i have my son's friends all listen because they laugh and they want to make fun of him so it, it's fine i don't good mind. fodder yeah i can see <laughs> right <that. laughs> like your mom talks about sex stuff oh you whenever i first started teaching um tantra i have models i have a vagina yoni model and a lingam model lingam is is penis um so the kids would sit at the kitchen table and they'd be drinking you know <laughs> just like, but it's open conversation time for me at that point, you know, like they're trying to have fun and they're laughing, but they're also learning at the same time. So it's a win-win situation for me, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm educating one child at a time. So, but this is, they, they were over 18, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, let's put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> yes, they were over 18 and they were happy to learn um, and touch all of the, the props and things. <laughs> <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. No, they got to learn. Yeah, totally. And and you got to teach them in the right way. Have you um, ever watched a documentary that you just were so horrified by it that it you just couldn't even believe that the things were happening? I was trying to think of an instance for myself. And I'm going to have to say it would have to go back to the um, the documentary on the guy, the cannibal guy. What's his name? Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah. That was a disturbing and like... There, it, it was it was disturbing to me because, you know, also, well, when you work in the emergency room, you don't only have medical emergencies. You also have, you know, psychosocial emergencies mm -hmm. as well. And people can scare you. And that kind of stuff scares me because you never know what's going on with folks. Never. Until no, like you get down to it. Yeah. When I was um, taking psychology classes, I was I was amazed to find out that a common symptom of schizophrenia is lycanthropy. Yeah. Like they think they're werewolves. And I was like, holy shit, that's probably where the whole werewolf thing came from. Right. Right. And you, you, you can't discount what people are saying to you. Like they believe it in their mind is going on and there is no plausible reasoning that's ever going to happen in that situation. It's just not happening. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it gets a little sketchy every now and again. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. And uh, yeah, big ups to the people who do take care of the mentally ill and also all the doctors, nurses, PAs, nurse practitioners. I'm going to just mention everybody. Housekeeping. I was about to say, just name everybody. everything. <laughs> everybody. Seriously, you guys are frontline workers and people in the grocery stores. Man, I talked to a lady who's a manager of a grocery store. God left her little heart. She's just working herself to death to make sure people get food. It's tough. My so God, that, that was so Midwest of you. <laughs> God bless her little heart. <laughs> 
I didn't mean it in that way. <laughs> I meant it in a nice way, not in any terrible way. <laughs> no, that's a bless it. Oh, bless it. It's a good thing oh. you're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her little heart. Bless her little heart. That's right. No, but I meant that in a nice way, not in a caddy back backstabbing way. <laughs> That's one thing I loved about like the Midwest. I have family in Kansas. Like they'll say a compliment, but if you're in the know, you know that that's not a compliment. Yeah, that's <laughs> that can happen quite a bit out there <laughs> because you're raised to be so polite. You know, where where I think since I've moved to the West Coast, this is an observation. People are just told to speak kindly, right? Back home, it's an expectation always. It's an innate thing because everybody goes to church and you all go to the same church for the most part. And I like to call it whack a Bible, um, Ohio or Kentucky. That's <laughs> why so I've started saying whack a Bible instead of Bible. Thumping. I had to get that like themes that I needed to change that I say frequently. So now it's whack a Bible places. And that's not to deter anybody from experiencing their own religious awakenings. Do that on your own. I'm not trying to downplay that, but please know. <laughs> It didn't work for me. I had to do something better for myself. <laughs> Whack a Bible. I'm I'm going to fucking use that. I am taking that. <laughs> take it. Take it. Just invite me on a show sometime. That's all I say. <laughs> well, when we do another podcast month and Danny D is always complaining that we don't get enough women on. So oh, I will totally chop it up with some chicks. I don't care. I don't care who I talk to. I really love to talk. I know you don't know this about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the great thing about being a podcaster is, is meeting all these other cool podcasters who are just as neurotic and weird as you are yourself. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, the incessant talking and things that you do as a podcaster, things that you have to, you know, you got to get yourself together with. And it's pretty cool. I'm not mad at it, but um, yeah. One of the um, things that I was going to ask you about in your journey to become this amazing podcaster that you are, did you ever think for a minute that you would be where you are, you know, like, you're, I, I, I suspect that you're pretty um, set in what you're doing. You're a comedian. You you have this this show. And again, tell me the name of your show, Gag on This, right? Yep. Yep. Gag on This. And you guys have been podcasting for how long together? Sorry. So it first started with me, Rob, and this guy, Jerron, who we all met at a comedy class. That started in July of 2018. And then we did it before an open mic. Danny D always went to the open mic. She eventually just sat on and she pushed herself on. And I was like, hey, she's funny. So let's do it. And then Sharon actually started showing up after Auntie Vice, his partner, came on. Nice. So it varies. I think all four of us have been doing it, I think, a year. Oh, total. nice. Nice. That's I'm about I'm just past a year. November was a year and it has been a wild ride. I love this. The Wild West of podcasting. Super cool for me because we can talk about anything like documentaries yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or sexuality or whatever. Oh, documentaries. What I was going to ask you, have you seen the documentary? I think is it called? It's about mushrooms. It has sting in it. My gosh, my brain just broke. I'm going to think about it for a moment and we'll circle back to that. Um, <laughs> like mag magic mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. It's a psychedelics. It was about psychedelics and it was a really interesting and fantastic documentary because I am on this search to help people do whatever it is that they feel helps them to feel better. And microdosing mushrooms may be good for some people. I think that that's a... Um, 
you know, those are the kinds of things that I see in documentaries like that just blow me away. And, you know, like, for instance, the Charlotte's Web marijuana, you know, strain that documentary with Sanjay Gupta. Holy cow. That was a great documentary. And it kind of introduced the use of medical marijuana to a whole nother group of people, you know? Yeah, that's a um, that's that's a cool thing that you can see or documentaries with medical treatments for autism, for kids and that sort of like anything that you can put out that helps somebody else somewhere has got to be a good thing. You know, it's it's just a uh, it's it's a great, great way to uh, to to showcase things that you've learned and, and put it out to people who don't like to read. like myself or you know just even listening to podcasts are is just a great way to learn new things and that's what i intend to continue to do forever (laughs) the one thing i like about the community is i was amazed at how supportive everyone was and what's funny is looking like i was amazed but now looking back on it i'm like well i think it's because we understand the grind of like you you record you probably edit yourself you you know post on social media like you run everything and i think we all understand the grind because even though i have four hosts i do everything and they (laughs) don't understand that and it pisses me off (laughs) oh do you need a new show i'm sorry no i know you don't I mean, I, I, in case they listen, I love them. They know this, but they know my frustration with I bring topics and they immediately respond with that's dumb. What else do you have? And it's like, you just showed oh. up. You didn't prep anything. Yeah, right. Bastards. Well, on it. Quit being mean to Big Nick, guys. Gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh, I hate that. But you know what, though? You guys make people laugh. I've, I, I laughed definitely listening to your show for sure. <laughs> and Which, if you didn't know uh, on documentaries, I would totally, totally, oh. absolutely, hands down, laugh at you. Um. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would get crucified if I brought that topic. The thing. <laughs> The good thing is a lot of us have the same sense of humor. I don't know which one you listen to, but sometimes we push the boundaries and there's been a couple episodes where we stop recording and we're all looking at each other like, oh boy, we, we went there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. You know, though, it's good though. It's good to um, have, like, I don't always stay in the same realm. Like we're, we're talking about what's your pleasure and your pleasure is, is documentaries, but your pleasure is also your life and what you do in it. Mm-hmm. And that's your podcasting. That's your comedy. That's your interactions with your pod mates. Like that's, do you call them pod mates? I just did that out of the blue. Um, I was going to say, I was like, I've never heard that term before. Listen, I just did a show and shout out to the kinky cocktail hour. I just did a show with Lady Petra and Saffir Master that has not come out yet. Um, but they were using a lot of terminology that, again, I am a sex educator, but I don't uh, I'm not in the kink realm of sex education. So they were throwing out terms and I'm just like, wow that's a thing. I had no idea. I felt like I was in school again. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, when you, that's the kind of cool thing I teach on a different level than what they teach. They teach, um, kink classes, you know, and I don't teach kink classes cause that's not my, that's not my forte. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, I'm a little more vanilla, like a whole lot more vanilla than they are. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some strange kinks out there like i remember when i found out about ball crushing as like a kink and i was yeah i was like i was like so at first i thought it was a woman thing i was like oh women get off on and they were like no men 
enjoy getting their balls crushed by a chick in a high heel. And I'm like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where like, I get you're not supposed to kink shame, but at the same time, like no offense if you have this kink, anybody out there, but, but shit and piss. Like I, I don't want to shame you, but I honestly do not get that kink whatsoever. Right. And that's the thing you, you're not supposed to that if, if it's in your realm of, of comfort and enjoyment, then, then you will, you'll seek that out if you need it. And there are places that you can find it for sure. (laughs) But how do you broach that with someone? Like, how do you eventually get to the point where you say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm into getting shit on. I want you to shit on me. Like that, just like that. That's, that's how communication works. And that's why we're such a fucked up bunch of people is because we don't know how to communicate our feelings. And then it all gets shitty and everything goes sideways because we can't tell the truth because we're afraid we're going to get in trouble or somebody's not going to like us or somebody's going to think we're gross. And that's what happens. And it's sad, but it's true. And I can sit here and say that I'm super open to a lot of experiences and what have you. But I also, just like you said, I'm just like, eh, nope, I'm not about that. I don't, I don't think that that's, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) And that's okay too. Um, And again, you know, even in the realm of teaching sexual practices and that sort of thing. There are tons of people out there that believe that they are bringing the thunder 24 seven in their relationship and they don't need help. Well, that's cool too. I'm all right with that, but I can tell you, you're not. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a universal truth in every relationship. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. Anyway, there's always something that, you know, here's, this is the analogy. You didn't know you liked pizza until you tried it. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I say that about a lot of things because when you talk about yeah, let's get we'll get graphic for a minute. Men with anal play men associate heterosexual men ha- have this association that that's a homosexual practice. But dude, you tell a guy to do that and they're all about it afterwards, but they don't want you to tell anybody. Shh. Don't tell anybody that that's what I did. It's just, you know, it's it's all in your comfort zone. But I encourage people to use their truth. Use your voice, man. Tell people if you want something and you think it's weird, talk about why you think it's weird. And if they're not down for it, they have to understand that, you know, you may choose to seek that other places. It's it's for you. You, you should always do that. But, you know, having the conversation about it is important up front. You just have to, you know, there, I mean, like how many people have you seen documentaries? There's lots of documentaries on men who marry women, have children and families, but have secret lives. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because we're afraid to, to make waves. We're afraid to make people feel uncomfortable or afraid to hurt their feelings to the point where they won't love you anymore, or they won't like you as much. I think that's a human nature thing that we do. And it's unfortunate, but that's also, we teach that every day. Like, don't tell people that they don't look good. You know, don't tell people the truth. Be nice about it. Really. And then when it comes to your own sexuality, your own wants and needs and desires, then you fall short because that's just what happens. Perfect example. The what was the documentary we were talking about? Aaron Hernandez. Can't be. You can't talk. So you go out and kill people. Mm, okay, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a very interesting. And that was a Netflix one. Nef- I'm telling you, Netflix is killing it with their documentaries. Man. I'll agree. I'll agree. And I think that 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 psychedelic one, gosh, whoever's out there that can 
can tell me what that is whenever I get done with this show. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to go watch it, actually. Um. <laughs> I think that's I think that's actually I, uh, legal where you're at to do. I know. Um, there, oh, you- well, in Oregon, I know that mushrooms are decriminalized. But in Washington, I think they may have decriminalized in Seattle, like the city of Seattle, not necessarily out in the counties. Oh, no, I'm talking about the the therapy. I think you guys oh, have licensed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They are starting the microdosing therapies. And that's why they're doing it with healthcare workers, too. They're starting it with frontline COVID workers, which I think, why not? We're all crazy doing this stuff anyway, right? So, or in a way, um, you have to have some sort of, of issue to be the person who cleans up the mess of people that die or are sick or ailing. There's something that they, that's just different about you. There's something different about you, Nick. No, <laughs> that's it. There's something that there's some kind of trigger, some kind of chemical that we own in our brains that other people don't, that makes us want to do that. Same. Like you make you want to make people laugh and there's a, something that goes on in your amygdala somewhere. That's like, Oh, let's make people laugh. I think it's also, I mean, if I, uh, I had a shitty childhood, so if I take myself too seriously, I'm, I'm going to kiss the end of a shotgun. I got Easily. you. I, I totally understand <laughs> that. I really do because I've seen it again. Had you been able to, um, to talk about that a little bit better, you might not have been so funny. So you, you keep saying that. I just want the audience to know I'm not that funny. I'm not. Oh, no, you're not. so serious. You're really kind of boring. And well, yeah. Well, I think what's weird is like, <laughs> the tweets that i'm proud of that i think are funny don't really get in reaction but like yesterday i posted just this random tweet of like what did i say oh everyone's worried about the doomsday clock and i'm sitting here waiting for uh, yellowstone to blow up that thing got like 500 likes and i'm like why is this because you ending? put yellowstone on there and people are in yellowstone trends that's why algorithms it's the aliens nick that's what's going on <laughs> they're in control of the algorithms do you think aliens walk among us Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I talked to a guy once and he's really, he's a writer. He lives over in Asia. He's from the Midwest. He swears that on a daily, he's walking around with alien people. Now he has described this to me several times in, in the work that I do in my life. I have to, people bring their problems to me and I try to help them work through them in whatever way, like prescribing by doing a therapy, whatever it is you need. And this gentleman in particular had, you know, like he believes in his heart that there are aliens that are walking around and he can see them where other people can't. I believe him. I I don't discount what he's saying. And I know it might sound insane, but I know for a fact that my, like I've stood outside in Ohio and seen the five, six lights all together, jet from one edge of the sky to the other, and then come back together, spin around each other and then disappear. I have not see. That's what I want to see. I want to see, like, I believe aliens exist in the sense that I believe that there's life on other in one form or another on different planets. It could be amoebas. It could be whatever, but I don't know. I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm waiting for that. Like, why do they? Okay. Think about it. Why are the Marvel movies so amazing? Because there's so many characters, so many backstories. They do such a great job. The infinite amount of alternate universes that are possible out there. We don't know a third of what we, what we should know about any of these things. And it just keeps happening over and over again. I believe it. I do. <laughs> I do believe there is a lot that is left unexplained, like the fact that there's a whole light system that we can't see whatsoever. Like what is going on there? That's it. 
That's it. That reminds me. I watched a uh, a documentary, David Attenborough, <laughs> any kind of David Attenborough, whenever he does his, you know, when he just talks, it's just the greatest. I can't watch anything. <laughs> That's an animal documentary with David Attenborough. But I watched one um, where they, this one wasn't particularly with David Attenborough, but this one was something to do with animals at night where scientists have figured that they, that animals are bioluminescent. And so they go out into the woods at night with black lights and, you know, just hit them on these animals and they're, they're glowing, you know, and that's a whole nother realm. Like you were saying, you, you, we don't see these, these different degrees of light and animals can, and Mm -hmm. why would we think that we're so superior when they can, they can change colors. They can do all those cool things. They can glow in the dark. They can like, you know, geez, that's some, that's some really cool stuff. I, I, I give credit a lot to my biology teacher in uh, Sierra College because he taught me the weirdest shit. Like ducks have a corkscrew penis. A female duck has three vaginas. So uh, if a duck ends up trying to have sex with her, she can actually spin her vagina around so she doesn't get pregnant. Like, that's amazing. But the most amazing thing he did is he showed me a David Attenborough Planet Earth thing. There's a fungus that gets into insects and reptiles where its main purpose is it infects the brain and it causes them to go to the highest point of a tree, branch, whatever, and it pops out of their brain and then it releases spores. Like, that is freaking amazing. That's crazy, right? <laughs> well, you can I mean, like, that... I- that's that that is amazing. I didn't know about duck vaginas though. Now I'm gonna have to look that up. That's gonna be a subject for a whole nother show. Yeah, dude. It's corkscrew uh, penises and rotating vaginas. That could be a great name for a band. <laughs> yeah, well, and what's weird is like a lot of people don't know this, but the majority of sex in the animal kingdom is basically rape. Like right. otters, they rape other otters that's how they you get baby otters like it's crazy it is crazy and then also that's another thing that um, females do in the animal kingdom is that their genitalia signals when they're ready to ovulate or what have you when they're when it's their time to uh procreate which i thought was amazing because could you imagine <laughs> what would our genes look like if we had to do that like would they have a little peekaboo window like you really couldn't use like <laughs> like plasticky stuff no. Need something that breathes. So maybe a mesh net. Holy cow. Think about it. <laughs> well, and what's crazy is, and you know, I tell my wife, like, I'm so amazed at the female form still to this day. Like, what is it that makes periods sync up? Like, that is crazy if you think about mm-hmm. it. Your, your body syncs with other women. And there's like that's crazy. That should tell you guys something, just so you know. <laughs> The only thing it tells me is that the in every group there is an alpha period, and I am curious what makes an alpha period. <laughs> Can we do a show on the alpha period? That's a good thing. I need uh, like let's do some research on that. Let's let's circle around. We'll get back to that. Too. Yeah, because like what makes the period so strong that it's like nope, you're gonna follow my cycle. That's crazy. So nuts, dude. And that's what well, you learn from documentaries. You learn some weird shit like that. That is. On on the last note of that, I think we should probably stop now while we're ahead because there are so many more things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm going to have you on again because this has just been fantastic. But we're like, I mean, so excited about that you can end on alpha periods. Well, like, go ask your, go ask your husband, like (laughs) that shit. And then 
I mean, and there's I haven't had periods for 16 years. I'm good. Yeah, but ask your husband, like, do you know what makes an alpha period? And he'll be like, it's just baffling that your bodies do that, man. That's crazy. No, I told you what it is, is that we're all connected and you guys aren't. So beware. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have wet dreams. The same as Rob. Yeah, we don't cycle our wet dreams. That's for sure. Wouldn't it be cute if you did, though? No, it wouldn't be You guys could have t-shirts and everything. You could have an app so you could schedule it. Oh, I could only imagine, yeah, an app for wet dreams. Dude, the gag on this wet dreams app, shut your mouth. Do it. Well, now, now, I mean, yeah. It's now, like I was. Now that you say it like that, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I was about to say I was like the the product is the hardest thing to think about. So we got the product. Now we just need a great name. That's the name. That's it. <laughs> oh my god, Nick! It has been a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Can you tell the audience out there where they can find you? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at the Big Nick J. Uh, gag on this releases episodes YouTube on Saturday, Monday on podcast platforms everywhere. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hear the episode two days before it's released. As you can tell, I've said this over and over and over for my <laughs> intro. Will it be out in February? Yes, like, I, hope, I hope it. I hope it to be out in February. <laughs> okay, so so we're back. Uh, we're going to be interviewing all podcasts uh, for February, so it'll be fun. And then if you if you're a comedian, you want to be a guest, uh, hit me up. Or if you're just really funny nurse practitioner, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could uh, we could. You could school me in the ways of an alpha period. Oh my God. I'm going to look that stuff up as, as soon as I get done with this show today. But just as a reminder as well, I am Pauline Amazing. You can find me at barrypleasures.com. You can find me at Barry Pleasures on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I think I have a couple of TikToks. I don't know. I've got a girl that does some things for me. I don't know what I've got anymore. And shout out to Katie for doing the amazing job that she's doing on my videos on YouTube. I appreciate you greatly. I love your face. And I have to say that because she's awesome. I have a great uh, virtual assistant. She's amazing. Anyway, so guys out there, thank you so much for listening to this (laughs) ranting of crazy people (laughs) about what's your pleasure, Nick. It's documentaries. All right, guys, have a great night. Bye.